0: Welcome back to Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, but you can find me on socials as Bry the Comic Book Guy, where I post the pictures and links to every week's episode. This week is going to be the continuation of our huge discussion on the subject Age of Apocalypse, a mid 90s X Men story that totally changed everything for a few months, put the X Men's world upside down. Last week we covered the lead up with it with Legion Quest and how the ball got rolling with X Men Alpha. This week's episode features the first two issues of the uh, Tales of Age of Apocalypse, they were one-shots, as well as the first issues of all of the eight different four-issue limited series that they had on it. So we're going to be talking about Astonishing X-Men 1, Amazing X-Men 1, Factor X number 1, Gambit and the Externals number 1, Generation Next number 1. Weapon X number one, Excalibur number one, and X-Man one. Now, these were all renamed titles from all the existing X-Men titles to fit in with the warped reality. So, this week, uh, these issues are going to cover Magneto's plan after the events of X-Men Alpha, where he gets the ball rolling to see if he can fix or change things. But before we get to that, the two tales of Age of Apocalypse, one of the first ones, is uh, it's a pretty interesting one. What happens in this one is we get to see a warped version of the uh, Inhumans in this one. So basically, Magneto um, and the X-Men, they fought Apocalypse before this issue started. And there was some damage to Apocalypse and he needed to recuperate. So they were trying to find him to try and end it once and for all. But they couldn't find him on Earth. But Nightcrawler's mom, Mystique, who uh, is friends with the character Destiny, that's the same in the comics uh, in the main universe as well, uh, she did this little drawing. She's a precog, which means she can see the future and events that are unfolding. So she sees that uh, Apocalypse is recuperating on his ship, and she finds out that the ship is hiding in the blue area of the moon. So they can't find him on Earth because he's not on Earth. That makes sense. So they need a teleporter to bring them to the moon. Now, they have a character named Blink who was briefly in the X-Men comics in the mid-'90s, but she is alive and well in the Age of Apocalypse, and she's this little kid, teenager-ish sort of kid, and they're trying to convince her that they need her help. And Sabretooth in this reality, is her mentor. Now, that sounds weird for anybody that follows the X-Men. Sabretooth has been a bad guy and a big bad guy in a way for many years. But in the Age of Apocalypse, he's actually one of the good guys. So she is like enamored with him because he rescued her as a baby uh, with Logan, Weapon X, uh, before the X-Men started. So she's kind of like followed him, been like a little protege, so to speak. So he kind of convinces her to teleport them to the moon and while that is going on, we have Cyclops, who is one of the prelates, one of Apocalypse's henchmen at the time. So he is also on the ship. And the character Death, who was actually the Inhuman Maximus, he is Black Bolt's brother. Now they've butted heads over the years in the regular continuity. Death kind of won it in this one because he's a Horseman of the Apocalypse. So he became a horseman because he used the Terrigen mists that, if you're familiar with the Inhumans, it's like their claim the Fane is how they make more Inhumans, basically. So he, we learned that he killed all of the royal family, like Black Bolt, Medusa, all of those guys that we've seen in the comics for years. He killed them and then used those Terrigen mists to make evil warped copies of the royal family, which he unleashes when the X-Men teleport to try and get Apocalypse. But unbeknownst to them, Apocalypse, when they first found out the X-Men were on the ship, uh, Apocalypse teleported away. So now it's just a big battle with the horsemen, Death, and all of those bad guys. But in the end, Cyclops, he sees that Death is really just not a good horseman. So he takes it upon himself to help rescue one of the captured X-Men called Sunfire. So he helps rescue Sunfire, and Sunfire kills Death and ends up blowing up uh, the ship— but the X-Men are saved. Apocalypse is transported back to Earth, and then they transport Cyclops away, where they kind of see that Cyclops, all right, he's one of the bad guys, but maybe he can help us be a good guy eventually, which in the uh, main continuity comics of the Age of Apocalypse, you'll see that he does eventually show some different signs of, of that. So that was that Tales of Age of Apocalypse. And then there's another one, which is called Sinister Bloodlines. Now, this one is a tale of Cyclops and his brother Havoc. They really don't get along in the Age of Apocalypse. They do get along in the main continuity. uh, They're friends and everything, you know, best buddies as brothers can be, but they practically hate each other. Cyclops is like the praised son or adopted son of Mr. Sinister. And he's always gotten like the high regards and everything. And Alex Summers Havoc has always been like the, you know, lesser known brother. So we find out in this Tales of Age of Apocalypse that, like in the regular comics, in the X-Men, uh, their father, Corsair, who is Christopher Summers, he's off in the, in space with the Starjammers uh, fighting. They're like basically space pirates. And he comes back to find his sons after a long time. Now, this coincides with what happened in the regular continuity. He does eventually come back to try and find his kids. So he comes back, but... It's the Age of Apocalypse. They end up shooting down his ship, and Mr. Sinister and Beast take him, and they have him in a lab for years. But Cyclops and Havoc don't know this. But he breaks out of the lab and tries to find his sons. Now Mr. Sinister tasks the mutant elite, which is the main focus of the characters for Factor X when we get to that title, to find Christopher Summers. But they didn't tell him who he was. But he does eventually run into Cyclops and havoc and he tells them who they were. and he doesn't they don't believe him, but he does kind of look like him. But he tells the story of what happened the day they were separated from their family, and nobody else knew that. So then they reconnected basically with their father. So they're they're trying to figure out why Mr. Sinister and Beast want their dad, but he's not telling them anything either. So at the end of the issue, we find out after a big battle and he gets really angry, Um, He morphs into the alien brood. Now, what the alien brood does is they capture people, like any space race, and they implant eggs into them, their embryos, and basically that's how they procreate and get to have more brood. So the brood had gotten to the star jammers and infected their father, and he ended up turning into a brood and turning on his kids. But Cyclops makes the decision to kill his dad because he's about to kill Havoc. So it's either Havoc or his father. And Mr. Sinister shows up as well saying, this is why I hid him from you. I was trying to get this DNA out, but I couldn't. So Cyclops makes the ultimate decision and sacrifice and he ends up blasting his dad. And right before he dies, he tells him to look after Alex Havoc. But this was like the turning point where they absolutely went their separate ways. Like Havoc absolutely hated him from this point on. And it'll show in the further issues of the main continuity. So then we're going to get into the actual main continuity of Age of Apocalypse. There's no real particular order to these, but there kind of is. Um, The first one we're going to cover is Astonishing X-Men 1, where they kind of go over—Magneto kind of goes over his plan— of everything that's going to take place in the rest of the issues. So this issue starts out with Magneto surrounded by all the X-Men that are gonna be primarily in this title, Quicksilver, Iceman, actually Sabretooth, uh, the character Morph, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler. He's basically telling them uh, what's going on. Now, before this issue starts, they had a plan to help humans evacuate more humans off the coast of Maine. So there's gonna be a branch of the X-Men that help with that. But while that's going on, they have a bunch of different other things going on where Magneto was pondering the information that happened in the events of X-Men Alpha, where Bishop tells them that the reality is warped and they need to fix it. So he's trying to get all these different things lined up so that way they can maybe bring things back to the way they were where Apocalypse wasn't in command. Uh, And then they're interrupted. Uh, One of the characters blink, as we mentioned in the other story. Uh, We've caught up to her. Her and the character Sunfire kind of just blink and appear right in the middle of their base, which their base, oddly enough, ends up being the ruins of Professor Xavier's mansion. In the comic, that's the X-Men's base in the Age of Apocalypse he found, Magneto had found Professor Xavier's home, and they turned that into a base since it is right near New York City, which is the heart of where Apocalypse is. So one of the bad guys tries to come through the portal with Blink as well, but she ends up killing him. And unbeknownst to the X-Men, they knew that that was going to happen, so they're trying to trace and find where the X-Men's base is, but that's kind of like a side story. They find out that Apocalypse is getting ready to cull as the terminology is used in the Age of Apocalypse, where um, Apocalypse and his horsemen are trying to kill and eliminate all the rest of the humans that are in the country. And they're finding out that Chicago is their next target and that he lied, that he stopped calling and that Chicago is their next big thing. So now Magneto wants to send another team to stop the calling in Chicago. Now, this happens kind of right before the events in one of the other uh, comics, Gambit and the Externals, where Gambit. Uh, is told that he needs to go across the galaxy somehow and find the Mkron crystal and bring it back to him. Now, those are the events that are going to be covered in in Gambit and the Externals, but this is right before those events where he's saying goodbye to everybody, and you kind of get the little touching moment where Gambit tries to say goodbye to Rogue, who, if you remember from the previous episode in uh, one of the X-Men Chronicle books, they had a relationship, but now obviously Magneto's married to Rogue. And uh, Magneto kind of covers with Nightcrawler of everything that's going on. He's like, nothing's going to stop us from working with the Eurasian High Council, which is humans, from uh, escaping North America. Uh, There's more events going on. Nightcrawler is being sent to track down his mother, Mystique, to find the character Destiny to find out if everything really is warped and everything. And then there's another one which branches off into Generation Next, where Colossus and Shadowcat have been dispatched to Seattle on a mission on their own. So that kind of covers the events of all the X-Men titles. Uh, This issue ends with the team branching off of who's going to go stop the Cullings in Chicago and who's going to be the subject of the issues of the rest of it. It ends up being Rogue, Sabretooth, Child, Blink, Sunfire, and Morph. Quicksilver is left behind to lead the other team— And the end of the issue is Bishop basically kind of inspiring Quicksilver, and Quicksilver's like, uh, uh, are the X-Men really making a difference in your world? And he says, yes, they are, and the professor wouldn't have it any other way. And then we go to Amazing X-Men, which is the team that heads to Maine to help the humans escape. And we see uh, a line, like a big line of humans being led uh, to northern Maine, And we see the Brotherhood of Mutants, which in the Age of Apocalypse is a bunch of different characters. And one of them is the character, some people that read Deadpool or have watched the movies, the character Vanessa, who uh, was a copycat, a shapeshifter, uh, she is one of the Brotherhood. And in this tale, in all the Age of Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse has taken the character Multiple Man and kind of jump-started his mutant abilities to make copies. So then they are like the religious cult, the Madri, which is kind of helping the Brotherhood along. So this issue starts back at the X-Men mansion where that team is practicing how to make them invisible to the Sentinels that are coming to help the humans in order to help the humans. And they're practicing. You've got uh, Dazzler, Quicksilver, Iceman Storm, Banshee, things like that. And the character Nanny is the one that's programming all of their mutant uh, DNA scans so that the Sentinels can't find them. But then they're trying to figure out how to actually get to Maine from New York since they can't all fly. Uh, And the uh, character uh, Exodus, who in in the comics is Magneto's right-hand man but also a bad guy, he's one of the good guys in this. And he tells them that you can teleport everybody. I just never told you you had teleportation abilities. So he teleports them all to Maine. And Storm goes about knocking out one of their relay stations so that the Sentinels can get through. So all these Sentinels get through and try and help the humans escape, but towards the end of the issue, you see the uh, X-Men reprogram that Sentinel, but it didn't work for some reason, and they're trying to figure out why. But at the end of the issue, the Brotherhood appears and says, we scrambled your disk's programming data, we're the ones hidden, you are not. So that was kind of like a—they they got their way but didn't really get their way. So now they got to fight the Sentinels and the Brotherhood. Next up is Gambit and the Externals. They're basically a group of thieves that are kind of like low-level thieves that steal Apocalypse's shipments and bring them to the poorer people in the area. And you've got Strong Guy, who was in X-Factor, Jubilee, Sunspot, who was in X-Factor, and of course their leader is Gambit. So they reunite with Gambit and Magneto was there and they're not too fond of Magneto because they know that he and Gambit have uh, some issues, but they lead him into this big tunnel underneath New York where they go into this, uh, kind of like a secret, um, science area. And they meet up with Apocalypse's lead scientist who is a human called Peter Corbeau. Now in the X-Men terminology, like in the X-Men universe, the main X-Men universe, he, uh, was on a space station and was around during the time where Phoenix first existed. Uh, the Madri find out that the, the X-Men are there, and they enter. And there's a big battle where uh, the X-Men try and uh, uh, take him out. And they do take him out, and then they find Peter Corbeau. And he tells them that uh, he's scanning outer space for where that Mkron crystal would be to send them. And it's in a heart of something called the Shi'ar Empire. Now in the age of apocalypse the x-men never met the alien shiar none of them so they haven't even been outer space Uh, but they have the character lila cheney who thinks she's human still in the age of apocalypse but magneto knows that she is a mutant now in the main continuity she's a teleporter they tap into her teleportation abilities using the computer from apocalypse's stuff to try and find the shiar empire and Magneto's plan is to teleport them to the heart of the Shi'ar Empire to find the Emkron crystal and somehow bring it back. But they're attacked right before they all enter the portal by one of Magne- one of uh, Apocalypse's characters, and his name is Richter. Now, he was an X-Factor, or X-Force member, but he's a bad guy in this one. So that character Richter ends up tagging along in the teleportation process— and Magneto is left to wonder if they did survive and hopes that his plan to get the Amcron Crystal come back. Now the ex- next issue is Generation Next Number 1. This was renamed from Generation X, which was the younger X-Men team in training. Now this team is led by Colossus and Shadowcat. But these two characters, since the rest of the Age of is it's very dark this is a very dark title Colossus is just this pissed off guy he's married to Shadow cat but they kind of like to have this like feud going on you know she knows she loves him and everything but you know he gets to be a pain in the butt sometimes he's like a hard ass to the rest of the generation next uh, and he uh, comes into a training session with all the the kids where he's trying to tell them that they need to be ready for what's about to happen and Shadow cat appears and she's like you know what we we need to f- do what we need to do in order to find this, you know, fix this mission. Now their mission, they don't know what it is yet, but Magneto comes in to their house and he's like, okay, this is what you guys are going to do. And he's like, uh, do you guys know that there's time traveling mutants out there? And uh, they're talking about all chronovariant mutants. Now in the age of apocalypse, he tried to kill all of those time traveling mutants, so that nobody can go back and undo what he's doing. So then Magneto is in need of somebody to go back in time when he gets the M-Kron crystal to potentially undo the events and make Charles Xavier come back to life. Now, they're going through the list of all the chronovariant mutants, and they come across one... That all of them are shocked for. Colossus's sister, Ileana, she was the character magic in the mainstream and everything. She did have some chrono variant uh, teleportation powers and everything like that. And Colossus thought that she was dead for a very long time. But they find out that she is a little kid imprisoned in a huge core of Apocalypse's empire uh, where. They keep a lot of humans as prisoner, and it's a very tough prison to even get to and get in and out of. But they say that she's a current resident of the Corps in Portland, Oregon. Likelihood of rescue, 0%. So those issues are going to cover the rescue or potential rescue of Ileana. Next up, we have Excalibur. It's X-C-A-L-I-B-R-E. And it, these basically tell the events of Nightcrawler's journey, To find his mom and to get destiny. When we start out, uh, destiny is in what they call Avalon. Now in the mainstream continuity, Avalon is really the Savage Land. If any of you have followed the X-Men cartoons or anything, the Savage Land is like this uh, area of Earth in the Antarctic that still has like dinosaurs and everything like that. And it's a warm temperate zone. So you see some mutants being led to this temperate zone by this huge monk. He says his name is Cain, and his real name is Cain Marco, and he's the Juggernaut. He's got the Juggernaut's abilities, but he's now a peaceful monk. How about that for turning things around honey? So one of the X-Men called Switchback is on her way to Avalon. She's in this little stream of people. Mystique runs people to Avalon, and then Cain brings them actually to Avalon to meet the, the hidden mutants that they've kept from everybody. There's humans and mutants there. But Nightcrawler needs to get there. He doesn't talk to his mother about how to get there. So he needs the help of Warren Worthington Angel, who runs this nightclub and has like all these uh, black market things that he can get and do that nobody else can. So Nightcrawler arranges passage to the Antarctic where he can find his mother Mystique. So Angel kind of arranges for his transportation in a submarine. And while that's going on, back at the shards of what's left of the mansion Magneto contacts Mystique and says you're the only one that knows what de- who Destiny looks like meet your son so that way we can bring her back and Mystique kind of begrudgingly does she's not really an X-Men but since he's Magneto and in this time frame Magneto is like the guy you don't want to piss off besides Apocalypse so she begrudgingly does that So we uh, then see Apocalypse, one of his uh, spies, sees Nightcrawler getting ready to leave and reports back to Apocalypse that they now know where Avalon is. It's in the Antarctic. And you see uh, her team, they're called the Pale Riders. It's a few different characters. This character, Damask, we really never really saw in the comics. You're going to see that. Some of the characters we see all the time, and you're like, oh, that's what happened to him. And some of them we never really seen before because In the Age of Apocalypse, Magneto kind of pulls all these other X characters. So there's one, her name's Danielle Moonstar, and she was one of the New Mutants and X-Force members. She's one of those characters. And the other one is a very familiar character, but they call him Dead Man Wade. You know who that is. It's Deadpool. But Deadpool's life happened very differently. Apocalypse and his scientists have messed with his uh, healing factor, so he's kind of like this... Like, ugly-looking zombie, but he can fight just like he can in the regular continuity, but he's kind of, like, not all with it. Like, he can't really talk right, and uh, he's just kind of like this little zombie. So the issue ends with the character Switchback meeting Destiny. We finally get to see Destiny, and she touches Switchback, and she finds out, uh, she touches her, and she sees her future where everything around them is going to be burning. That's, that's not really something you want to see in the first issue, but you kind of know where it's going. Next up is Weapon X number one. Now, this is a huge one here. It's Wolverine and Jean Grey. But Wolverine never got to be called Wolverine. He left the Weapon X project, and because Apocalypse took over America, he kind of stayed Weapon X at the time. Now, we see Weapon X and Jean Grey are on one of the Sentinels that are rescuing the people from North America. But their sentinel went to New York City to kind of throw a monkey wrench and kind of get some data and everything that the Human High Council needed in order to help with a project that they're doing, but have not really told Weapon X and Jean Grey what's going on. So while they're trying to find out the information, Apocalypse's people uh, send a mutant to help battle the sentinel that's kind of guarding them and everything. It ends up being Havoc. Now, Havoc's not a... Happy person, as you've seen in the few issues we've talked about him so far, and before we even got to his title. But he knows who Jean Grey and Weapon X are, because then we see the revelation of why, in the first issue on the cover, Wolverine, Weapon X, Logan, has one hand. We find out that Cyclops, Scott Summers, had fought Logan for Jean Grey, and Cyclops is missing an eye from Wolverine, and then when Wolverine did that, he melted Wolverine's hand that had scratched his eye out. So that's why Wolverine has a stump, because Cyclops melted it off. How is that for a rivalry, huh? That never happened in the regular continuity. So it was kind of an interesting thing that there was a Cyclops and Logan interaction that didn't end very well, something kind of what we all wanted to see. So the uh, Weapon X and Gene, they uh, knock out Havoc, and they get back on the Sentinel. But before the Sentinel flies off, Havoc tries to kill them all. The Sentinel detaches its hands, and grabs Havoc, throws him in a teleportation beam, and launches him off. So the, uh, the mutants have gotten what they came for, and they're heading back, and they're heading back right in the middle of that armada that's going to Maine. So we see d- several different viewpoints of that rescue of those humans. Now, Cyclops is telling Apocalypse what's going on. There's a, a blackout in an area of their grid where the Sentinels are getting through, and they're uh, interrupted by Beast, who says that Havoc has a report to tell, but he can't because he was fused in the teleportation beam with a sentinel hand, and he keeps talking about a one-handed mutant. So Cyclops knows who that is. He cut, He takes off his uh, visor cover, and you can see three claw marks over one of his eyes. Now The other uh, uh, henchmen, the Horsemen of Apocalypse, Abyss and Holocaust are there too, and he's like, oh, he knows, Cyclops knows who that is. And then uh, we flash over to Europe where the Sentinel has delivered Weapon X and Gene to the Human High Council, which is Moira McTaggart, uh, Emma Frost, Brian Braddock, and some other characters as well. And we see that they delivered the information that they should have. Uh, They're attacked briefly by a mutant named Magma, who was one of the new mutants in the regular time frame, but she's one of Apocalypse's henchmen in this time. So then we see there's a little... Side story that Weapon X and Jean Grey were not told. Uh, Brian Braddock goes up to the top of the uh, of Big Ben, and you see all these different Zeppelins, these high tech Zeppelin blimps and everything, and they're talking about how there is a doomsday strike planned against North America. The Human High Council is enough has had enough of the apocalypse stuff, and they're going to bomb North America with nuclear missiles. And uh, Wolverine and Jean Grey are not happy about it, so this uh, this tale is going to be them coping and trying to either help or uh, stay off that attack. Then we get to Factor X, which is Cyclops, Havoc, Beast, and the mutant elite that Mr. Sinister has uh, left in control of his area. Now the first bit is a bunch of mutants are escaping from Beast's holding pens, and the mutant elite are sent to stop them. And, you know, we see—we were introduced to Cyclops, Havoc, uh, some of the other teams, Northstar and Aurora, uh, the characters from Alpha Flight. They're brother and sister, twins, who have mutant abilities. And we see that they are the mutant elite along with Beast. Now, on the side, we see um, from X-Men Alpha, Mr. Sinister is getting ready to leave Apocalypse's area. And he's getting ready—is he turning on him? Because he gave information to Logan and Jean Grey, to the humans— so we see him standing in this big monument where the Statue of Liberty used to be, but it's a giant statue of Apocalypse, and he's just kind of brooding that, like, he's leaving his adopted kids, but it's for the better. Now, they don't know what's going on yet, so they're kind of rummaging around their pens, telling the heads of the pens that there, uh, more people escaped, it ends up being the character Cannonball and one of his sisters, Elizabeth. They're both mutants in the lower ranks and in charge of keeping the pens in order, But Cannonball, instead of being like Mr. X-Men trying to get on the X-Men for decades, uh, he's pretty much like just this sour badass guy who's like not even really listening to what's going on. And we see that uh, we finally see Mr. Sinister take off, but he's kind of like hiding from everybody still. Uh, Cyclops doesn't like that he's hiding. So then we're introduced to these two characters, the Bedlam brothers. Now, if you remember from the Deadpool 2 movie, one of the characters was Bedlam. Well, he's got another brother in the Age of Apocalypse, and they're part of the mutant elite as well. So Cyclops orders uh, the Bedlam brothers to break into Sinister's Lair to find out what's going on. And they break in, and his lab is trashed. So Havoc is like, "What? what's the big deal? This could have been the X-Men, Magneto's things. And Cyclops is like, no, he did this himself. This makes sense now. The talk we had, which happened in X-Men Alpha, uh, he is leaving. He's abandoned us. So the rest of the team is like, well, who's going to run everything? And they're like, Cyclops, right? Since he's the number one. And he's like, right, I'm in charge. So then Havoc gets even more mad going, not if I have anything to say about it. Now, right before the end of the issue, they're getting ready to head over to Sinister's base, which is in that giant apocalypse statue. But Sinister blows the whole thing up right at the end of the issue the last one in the issue ones is the character x-man now his name is Nate. now we can clearly tell that his name is nate and it was named after the cable title so he's the cable ish of the age apocalypse but he's a teenager this issue starts where he's using his powers and he ends up falling into uh like this little state of uh like, he, he's using his psi powers. He ends up going to New York, and we see a very familiar mansion. He ends up walking into that mansion and seeing Bishop and Magneto talk about the events that are going on in all the different titles. We see uh, Nate's uh, sort of mentor and guy that he's looking after, the character Forge, which in the mainstream continuity, he's an x Men, he's an uh, inventor, but he's taken on a different role in the Age of Apocalypse. He looks like he's been kind of brutalized. He has uh, mechanical hands and an eye and everything. And it turns out that Forge is in charge of this little resistance cell that has mutants that kind of wander around and do little good here and there. Uh, Toad, who used to be one of the uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Sauron, which is the pterodactyl mutant guy, Mastermind, and a couple other characters, one of them named Brute. So then they're they're all in this middle of this broken down part of a... Uh, a forest where Nate used his powers to s- find other mutants where he found Magneto and Bishop and they're like, no, you can't use your powers. Every time you use your powers, you have run the risk of apocalypse finding you. And it turns out that these guys are trying to keep Nate off of apocalypse's radar. And we flash over to apocalypse of Citadel where Cyclops is giving an inventory right after Mr. Sinister's lab explodes And we see the character Shadow King, which is in a bottle on a table in Apocalypse's lair, and Cyclops is hearing him tell Apocalypse about this telepath that every time he uses his powers, he creates a ripple in the sonic plane like nothing else. Like, he's a huge, powerful mutant, and they need to find him. They need to hunt him down. Now, Cyclops kind of leaves the room, and he goes, "Uh, if this one rivals Apocalypse's, maybe he can help in my plans. So right there, you're already saying Cyclops is getting ready to be a good guy. He just needs all of the plans to fall together. So Apocalypse tells Shadow King, find him. Where where is he? He's in the Midwest region and on the move. So Apocalypse sends an assassin, the character Domino. If you remember her from the Deadpool 2 movie, she was a good guy. But in this one, she's one of Apocalypse's lead assassins. And we see that group of merry mutants stop one of Apocalypse's trains that has a bunch of humans on it getting away to kill him, but they're they're the little guy, so they're uh, helping the little guy out, and uh, the X-Man uses his powers again, and they're like, no, you can't use your powers, they're gonna find us. And as he is dealing with that argument, a character who is a redhead, we know her as Siren in the X-Force books, she's Banshee's daughter, but in this comic, she still thinks she's human because she doesn't have her powers yet. But she rescues Nate from an attack from behind by using her powers for the first time. So they take her and they get on their merry way. And the issue ends with them. They have a horse-drawn carriage. They're they're guys as a a theater, traveling theater group. And they stumble onto this character who's like, I'm I'm sorry to intrude. Uh, You're traveling my way. My name is Essex, and I think I can help you. Now, everybody knows what Mr. Sinister looks like, all of his different shapes and everything. He's got that red diamond in the middle of his head, and this guy Essex has that diamond in his head. So what's Mr. Sinister up to with the X-Men books? So that's where we're going to leave off this week. The issue ones have got the lead-in to Magneto's plan in the events that are going on currently in the age of apocalypse. Next week, we're going to cover the issue twos and get more detail of what's going on for Magneto's plan if they can do what they need to do to help bring things back to the way they are. So I will have the pictures up for these issues on my Instagram, at Guy. If you have any questions, want to talk more deep about the Age of Apocalypse, you can email me, Guy at gmail.com. So until next time, thanks for listening.